G'day everyone and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Coates. Thanks very much for listening in to this very spontaneous episode of another Bloody Movie Podcast that I'm introducing right now. This is a bit of a discussion with myself and my friend and massive football nut, Matthew Carigliano, who we did this because... Well, he was the perfect guest to have on this show, but we are doing a discussion of the two film, the two documentaries that released this year about Adam Goods, The Final Quarter and The Australian Dream. The Final Quarter had its world premiere at the Sydney Film Festival uh, back in June, and then uh, a couple of weeks ago was broadcast on Channel 10 all across the country. And The Australian Dream just had its world premiere at the Melbourne International Film Festival last week. So this is technically my first episode of MIF coverage, even though I did not see this at MIF. The lovely people at Madman Films uh, invited me to a press screening, and I'm very thankful for that. So thank you, Madman. So technically MIF coverage, but I will be doing more MIF coverage just down the line. But this is, but I just wanted to get this out as quick as possible. And if you want to see both of these documentaries, because we talk about how each documentary approaches the Adam Good story but we really don't get into the nitty-gritty of like actually like the technique or like the uh, how the filmmaking really does it we mostly talk about the you know the people involved in the documentaries and then like the actual subject matter itself so if you actually want to see the documentaries before listening to this episode the final quarter is still playing on 10 play um, it's got you've got 10 days as of Wednesday August 7th you've got 10 days to watch it so I guess on August 17th it's gone from 10 play but then after that it has a DVD release on August 28th and as for the Australian dream that film is coming out in, in Australian cinemas around the country from August 22nd hope you enjoyed this episode guys it was uh, it was really really needed to get this off this, my chest uh, Matt, Matt and I are really really passionate about both the, of this story and these documentaries and it was a Really, really good episode to record, so I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. And I am joined by a good friend of mine, fellow film student and uh, film footy and film aficionado, Matthew Corigliano. Hello, Sean. Hello, and that rhymed. Footy, aficio- f- footy aficionado, yeah. Matthew Corigliano. Yeah, sort of did. So, Matt, what did we have the chance to check out this morning? You actually aren't really attending MIF. Uh, this year, but this film was the opening night film of Myth, and I thank you to thanks to the lovely people at Madman Films. I got the chance to attend a preview screening of this and took you as my plus one. So, what did we see? We saw the uh, the second Adam Goods documentary, The Australian Dream. Now, you may have heard of the first one that was aired at premiere at the Sydney Film Festival and premiere on Free to Air a couple of weeks ago, the final quarter. Mm. This is a little bit different. It's the second one in line, and one that and the one that Adam was actually involved in. Yeah. So yeah, as the the final quarter was essentially compiled of similar to um like the documentaries. Oh, I can't remember the filmmaker's name, but who did the documentaries for like uh, on Ayrton Senna on Amy Winehouse, and who currently has that documentary screening about Diego Maradona, where it's all compiled press from footage. from press footage, archival Video. footage, and Video like B roll clips and like you know radio interviews and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, so that that was that did that, and we're gonna go into we're gonna discuss like the differences in like how both of these films approached the Adam Good story. But uh, with The Australian Dream, uh, initial thoughts from this film is that it's easily one of the best films I've seen yep. this year. Agree. Absolutely agree. I mean, The Adam Good story is one that is just incredibly disheartening and yeah. as, as an Australian person. It's very sad. Especially that it's just like, how did we let this happen to him? What, like, it, it's easy to say, it's easy to get behind it now and in retrospect, but like the fact that we yeah. didn't do something earlier, like when it was actually happening, is just 
it's unacceptable, really. Yeah, it's just it, it, looking back on it now, especially I was very obviously I was very I was much younger at the time. I took I, I knew it happened because I think we did probably did an article or two for some school assignment. But looking back on it now, as several years, can't believe it's been six years, six years after the fact, and you're a bit older and you sort of understand it a bit more. It was just watching both the Australian Dream and the final quarter. I just felt. Like oh like if like you just you, you just felt bad you just felt saddened for for Goodsy it's like for for what he went through and how he did nothing wrong he just it, all this happened because he was trying to promote his culture and promote promote his culture and be proud of his culture and we and it just escalated into something that just shouldn't have been absolutely I think just with the documentaries I think both get to like the same point yeah. and the same message whereas I think the final quarter which I also think is excellent is an excellent yeah, documentary and uh, the, the film has done a program where if you're a school or like a sporting club you can get a copy of the film for free for educational purposes which I think is absolutely fantastic I, think because I believe the filmmakers have I think I've correct me if I'm wrong I think the filmmakers have started that initiative themselves yeah yeah I believe correct, so yeah if I'm, if I'm correct and where that one, like as as I said, they both get to the same point. But as that one had more of a a much more detached, yeah. just like we're do- this is we're, this is just a compilation of like everything that the media was presenting this. And in that in that fe- sense, it kind of went into like this is how the media covered this, and in a way, yeah. kind of perpetuated yes. this, whether they were do- whether it was intentional or not. And it does that it does that really well, I think that documentary. But this one, I found a yeah. m- much more effective because Adam is actually well and truly involved in this and you got to see from a much more personal uh, perspective on how it was expecting him, affecting him but also the people around him though like and especially like other pe- other indigenous people in like the community but also in like the football community like they interview people like his teammate Michael O'Loughlin and like Gilbert McAdam yeah. and like mm-hmm. even like talk about t- talk to Nicky Winmar about the famous incident famous at Victoria Park where he pointed to himself yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not dissing the final quarter. The final quarter is excellent. The final quarter was basically a study, a case study, and magnum opus of the media, how the media covered it and how, and how certain particular figures, let's say, um, probably just took it further and and made it and made it the issue that it was. Whereas he said, with, with the with the Australian dream, we got to know more about Goodsey himself. Like we didn't, we saw what we saw Goodsy through that news footage, but we we wanted to know about the man himself. And when it got to that period of t- when it got to that period of time when this when this disgraceful row was happening, we got to know him and his culture and everyone around just that little bit better than we didn't knew before. And it just it brings up just a, a, a something that is you will see most reviews of this film say that it will expose or both of these films it exposes an uncomfortable truth that Australians would really just like to ignore. And that's the fact that, I'm sorry, Australia, but we are racist. We are. This, and this documentary fucking proves it too. It, it's just concrete. It, it just, I, I, no one can argue now. This, this is what I'm thinking here. No, no, no one can argue now. There's concrete evidence. We've got two documentaries that it's not, it wasn't because he went for free kicks and he, and he slid in, he, he died for free kicks, he, he Play for free kicks by the umpires. I actually read a stat uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I think it was around the time when it was. Air- I think it was when it was airing. Um, that it was the it was the Mang- thing, Manguk footy show. Actually, around the time they, they did a study, they actually did a little bit of an investigation saying free kick stats for 
20, I think it was 2014. Yeah, 20, 2014 and 2015, yeah. yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> goods, goods, um, Goodsy apparently was rated like 168th in free kicks. In free kicks, yeah. And it, was, it didn't get, I think he only got like, he didn't get very many. Like you see like Selwood and other players there. So that argument now, even just from that fact, has been thrown out the window. It's just so, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't because of that. And there's concrete evidence to show mm. for it. And the, the argument that they try to say, like they cut to of, of the they cut to footage of Sam Newman on the Footy Show oh, talking. Yeah, I know it makes you cringe, but it just him talking on the Footy Show. It's like they're not booing you because you're racist; they're booing you because you're acting like a jerk. And it's like, okay, but if that's the fact, and then also in the final qu- in the final quarter, they mention like if them be- booing a racist, why is it out of uh, only Adam Goods of the s- yes, 71 yes. other Indigenous players currently yes. in the AFL, why aren't they getting booed? It's simple. And I think the documentary points it out. It's like, he is the only one actively standing up against racism. Yes. And that shows that Australia, uh, most Australians, white Australians particularly, have a problem with this. And, and, speaking, and speaking of Sam Newman, I have a lot of thoughts about it, but we, yes... He's an absolute prick, but we're not going to, I probably won't go into it here, but um, it was just, in, in that comment you said is like, I think there was another comment they showed in The Strange Dream, another clip that it said, you should be, instead of, I think, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was just like, instead of dividing people, you should be uniting people, but Sammy, mate, it, it, if you had actually watched and listened to, if you just listened to some of the news clips, even the day after the incident with the 13 year old girl. It's just like, he wasn't, he, he was trying, and, and from, and from yeah. further on, it's just like, he is uniting people. He wants to g- explain yeah. to you about his culture. He's trying to unite people. He, he wants He's to. not dividing. He wants to, he, because the, the, the incident with the 13, because I probably should uh, say now to provide some context in case there's yeah. any international uh, listeners viewing, uh, yeah. listening to this, because um, uh, Australia, uh, the Australian rules is a very, very, uh, unique game specifically to Australia. So Adam Goods was a player for the Sydney Swans. He had an incredible career, over three, 372 games, the most by an Indigenous player up until very recently when Sean Burgoyne passed his record, I believe just last week. But he's an incredible footballer, two-time premiership player. Two-time Brownlow medalist. But then, yeah, two-time Brownlow medalist, which is the MVP for the season. But then uh, later in his career, um, especially in one game in 2013, in Indigenous round of all times, uh, in late in the game, after he had dominated, like I think, like what forty touch, like nearly forty touches, kicked like three goals, had an absolute field day, and a young teenage girl of of the opposing team, uh, a fan of the opposing team, uh, yelled the racial slur at him on on the field, and he he called it out. He called it out to security, and this young girl was escorted from the building. And yes, and like, and you were saying, Adam Goods was saying like, she's the one that needs the most help here. Like she didn't know what she was doing. It's not her fault because she has been like, she, and like they even interview, like they show the news footage where they interview her and saying like, she just thought it was a joke. She didn't understand the actual, that it was was racist and that what she was saying was offensive. And that's not her fault. That's the fault of the people around her. Yes. And, 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 and it just, and just, it was just, um, and I don't know why people thought that was attack. Um, one that that was an attack on the girl. It wasn't an attack on the girl. She w- yeah. it wasn't blaming her. So and then and it just went on. And then some of the weird commentators and journo's that made it tried to twist it into something that it wasn't. Yeah. And on, on that, are you surprised that in the Australian Dream that they got Andrew Bolt to actually be interviewed I'm, in this? I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I am very surprised that they got him there. 
I'm, I can see probably why they probably want to give. They probably wanted to see that. It, they probably wanted to just for that poison point of view. But I don't know why he was there. Seeing he was one of the biggest critics yeah. of of Guzzi just throughout that whole saga and the whole of and the whole of that um newspaper as well. Mm. So I, I was a very I'm surprised he was there, but. Yeah, so it was hmm. just very questionable why it was there. But like, one of the big ideas that this film plays on is that most Australians don't actually know if what being ra- like what if they're being racist or like what actually is racist. Yes. Like, there's that interview with um uh, Australia's first ever Indigenous gold, Olympic gold medalist uh, Nova Nova Paris. Nova Paris, and she said, I believe I can't remember which games it was. It probably was like the '96, I think the '96 games. No, I in, think she mentioned in the into into in the in the documentary it was at an event before oh okay it was, it was like at the athlete the, yeah like lead up to the at, Olympics. At, at an event before the Olympics or it might have been at the, the athlete's village at one of the Olympics somewhere a, 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 an Australian athlete at, like at this. dinner she, t- she says this in the documentary she gets called the n-word by an Australian a, a fellow Australian uh, t- like Olympian and he said he didn't know that was racist what I mean, I, I can't believe. And this would have been like the late nineties, early two thousands, like ignorance. And speaking of the night, and speaking of the nineties, we're going to Sam Newman again. In just for some other kind, co- and that's he's been at it before. In in the is this mentioned in the doco in nineteen ninety nine on the Footy mm. Show? Nicky uh, Winmar turned down being on the show. He was meant to make an appearance on the show, and and um he wasn't able to be there, and and then just as. And then and Andy Andy McGuire, who which we'll mention, who we'll talk about later, mentions this, and then Sam Newman walks out in blackface, and and just made this really really offensive remarks, saying, "Oh, just is you know just making some really weird remarks that, black just just saying that blackface alone unacceptable." So um, it was just a really and. He laughed along. He thought it was Sam Newman thought it was funny when it really, really wasn't. The most, the most uh, frustrating part about that for me is like the me- like the the media apology that had to happen. It was so insincere. Yes, like you could tell that it was like it, they no one wanted to be yeah, there. It's like, like it, it, they showed a news report uh, afterward, just a clip of a news report describing what happened. Like afterward, it just just it was just for PR. It just like it didn't seem like it was genuine. I think mean, Nikki was very. I think Nicky was very, um, he just looked very, he just like, he even, he sort of like, you know, you saw how he was doing that clip. Mm. It was like, he was very, just glad it's over and all that. It just probably, he just didn't want the fuss, if anything. But yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just still going on in the nineties. And yet today, and just sort of going through today, it just still, that issue still hangs there. And it's just, it really gets into it. I mean, we're not really talking about, we're talking about the documentary as in the stuff that happens in it. We, we probably should talk about more like what it actually does to convey these sorts of yes, things. Definitely. But just getting, before we get like sort of into that, and also you want to talk about Eddie Maguire in just a moment as well. I've found a lot, like, it just shows it's like indigenous, like this, this movie is giving a voice to Adam and also the indigenous people of, of like how they were during this time. Life and is, like, the, yeah. yeah, because at the time, like, and uh, the final quarter does this as well. It's the Australian media, primarily white Australian media yes. that always get asked, Hey, is Australian race, uh, Australia racist? And, and it's like, how the fuck would they know? And, and I think this, that really sums it up. Um, Gilbert McAdam, he, a mm. very, a very, uh, he's a former player now, media broadcaster with the only man who can pull off run, the only man who can pull off suit and a runner. The only man can pull off a suit and runner combination on the boundary line, and he looks. He's just. An I awesome love Gilbert per- McAdam. He's, he's an awesome. awesome personality, and he summed it up really, really well with a quote. It's like, he's like, what would they know? 
what would they know? They're not, they're not, um, they're not um, indigenous. It's like mm. they, they would never know what we went through. Mm. So, so, so they have no right to say it was something along those lines. And it's like in just that quote alone just sums it up so well. I mean, it reminds me, it's very reminiscent of the film I saw last night, the Australian documentary In My Blood It Runs, which was about how basically the Australian government and like the education system have kind of failed in the education of these indigenous kids and like how like a youth detention, especially in the Northern Territory, yeah. is like very, very, you know, like brutal towards the indigenous population there. And there was just scenes there in the schools in Alice Springs where you have these white teachers like teaching these a room full of Aboriginal children about Australian about Australia's history, but it's colonial Australian history. And it's this them literally flicking through a picture book of Captain Cook landing at Botany Bay and like pointing out like pictures of like Aboriginal people you know, like being put in chains by, it, it was shocking. And there's another, there's another point in this documentary in my blood, it runs where another white teacher is explaining to a room full of Aboriginal kids about the dream time, about the origins of the dream time. It's like, it, and the teacher's just like, I don't even know what this is. And it's just, it, oh, yeah. it's, it's frustrating. It's and th- th- I saw quite a couple parallels from that parallels from this film and that one. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. Got no words for it to be fair. Now, of what I mentioned before was um, now another contentious individual that comes up in both of these doc- both of these documentaries is one Eddie Maguire. Um, if not just for context for our um overseas listeners, um, he's he's a obviously a famous television personality. He's hosted, media magnate. Uh, media yes. ma- me, me, he's hosted um, you know, he he's hosted to be a millionaire, millionaire the, the, the Australian version of that footy show host, Collingwood president, which is important and just an general media presenter, not very well liked by many people. And um, he's, and he made some really contentious comments. He, he appeared on the Australian dream for a brief period, just to explain his points about, you know, digital culture and what happened. Mm. And, and just how much like he worked towards, like after the incident with the young girl, yes. like how he like helped Adam and like, you know, helped him out. And even what like talk, talked at a, like a symposium for like indigenous, like welfare or indigenous rights or something like that. The day before he goes on radio, makes a really dumb joke about Adam Goods and a kid, a King Kong musical that was in just Melbourne, time. which if it was anybody else that wasn't, if it was anybody else that was in a position lower than Eddie Maguire certainly would have been fired. Yes, it, it was just. Uh, we won't repeat the comments, obviously, but um, it, it wasn't very. It was just very, very. Yeah, he argued that those comments were a slip of the tongue, which it, is bullshit. In the press, in the press, the next day. But and what it, he says in the documentary is kind of even worse. It's, it's, it's just, it just makes it like you just like ah, oh, you just shake your head about. It. He mentioned he, he tried to frame it off as um. Satire. We're going back to revi- the variety shows of the 60s and 70s. It's like, Ed. Which were racist. Eddie, you just don't say that. You're just digging yourself into a deeper oh hole, mate. Oh, my God. And, 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 it just, and it just went from there. And it just, it just sparked. And this was, and, this, and just a reminder again, this is the Monday after. The Monday after. This was on the, the weekend after. This Monday after. Three days after Three days. this whole thing happened. It just... It's just, it was just, and it just went on, and that's where it went from there. And that's where the documentary, both documentaries sort of, sort of go from there. I mean, this, it really just highlights like how strong Adam would have been, was in this whole time. Like it, it did get too much for him and he had yeah. to go, he had to go out and yeah. like just get away, get away from, from everything. Yeah. And, 
and you can see, and you see, this is more so in the final quarter than it was in the Australian Dream, but you can sort of see, like, they showed um, montages of the booing. Like of the booing, like the various yeah. clips of booing. Because after this, like, um, b- because once he started to stand up and like actively fight against racism, that's when crowds really, really got more oh, aggressive towards it. him. And it's just, it was just, um, and then even went to the point where in his very last game, in his very last game of footy, it was, a, it was a, the final against North, he was booed there. Mm. A, a legend was booed. At a off. home ground. At, 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 on his home ground, the SCG. By rival fans. It was just, oh, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm fine. I was, sh- I was shocked. I was honestly shocked. I was sat there just feet, a legend in his home ground in his final game, booed. I can't believe that. I can't believe we treated him. He was treated so poorly, and the fact that he was a- he's been able to stay strong this entire time is a real testament to Adam. He is an absolute legend of the a- not only AFL, but he's a well and truly uh, deserved his Australian of the Year award. And like he's. A hero. He said, and going to the Australian of the Year, and, pe- and people, Australian of the Year was an, like it sort of tailed off a bit, and then it just sort of sparked up again by his Australian of the Year comments. But there was, he, just, he, he didn't make it about him. No. He didn't make it. No, this, well, people had this ringing for that, and it was like, oh, it was all about himself. But it wasn't. It was, he never made it about himself. He was just, in that whole speech, the excerpts from the speech, he's just talked about, I want to. I want to stop racism. It stops with me. I want to, I want to raise awareness about my culture. He didn't make it about mm. him. And no. Yet, and yet these Twitter, these these morons on Twitter thought that it was making it about him. It's like, oh, oh, grow mm. thick skin. Like, so, it's like put yourself in their shoes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's just, it's just baffling. Like, it's just baffling to see that you have to, you have to deal with that every. Like, I couldn't imagine like having to deal with that kind of abuse on the week every, on a weekly or daily basis and then that that's keep going today after what 200 or what two centuries of of abuse and just kept it going it's just and just, just we're going through chronologically here what happened in the film by the way um and and then it went and then it cut to and even got booed what do you think probably was probably the worst fight it, it got booed at a grand final 2014 yeah. grand final as he was walking out he was being booed Hmm. Well, uh, the, the, the year that he retired, he didn't want to do the retiree motorcade no, before the because he, was, he, he thought he would get of, booed. He was afraid he would get booed. And that's and that's just really, really, really sad. And I've got also, mm. I'd like to give give kudos to all the other Stan Grant. Stan like, Grant. Stan Grant was brilliant. In right, this writer of this documentary. Uh, he's an Australian journalist, an Indigenous Australian journalist who was right by like. He, was one of the biggest, most supporters. vocal supporters of Adam throughout this entire ordeal. He, he, he did a brilliant, because he, he was sort of the second face of it. He, he was giving his thoughts, and he had some really good thoughts. And there was this, um, there was this speech at the end, like the speech that he had this um, presentation he was doing. And, and I think really also another brilliant way of summing up the situation. And I think it's sort of talking about his personal, so his personal experiences going through and in just any any word he spoke I, I can't remember off the top of my head straight away but incredibly well spoken he was just he's just a incredibly well spoken man and i just applaud him for trying to you can you step. can really feel his anger yeah, in, it, the, it, in this film but it see, doesn't it doesn't ever come across no, as aggressive though like yeah, he is he wants he's he's seething. he's seething with anger but he just he's hopeful that things can change and, it, it, and he just wants it to change it's like mm. he's like 
Adam's been, it's like he's been booed. So you just, just hate the fact he was being booed and he's just so angry about it. So it was just, I have to give kudos to him pretty much. It, it really started to get too much for Adam, didn't it? And then like that he got, as like Adam was a person that didn't really know much about his indigenous heritage. Yeah. And through this experience, he became much more connected with his background and his culture. And like, and then one, there was one incident, especially at a game against Carlton where he did a, a celebratory dance towards some Carlton fans, which sparked a lot of controversy and, as well. And it's and it, it sparked those particular media figures like Sam Newman and a couple of other radio shock jocks that got that really got thought it was and one person on Twitter that said to deport him, which is just it's unbelievable I because believe, I can't believe it, that. the idiocracy of that. But go on. Yeah, but ish, and and it, I think that was the point where it hit its peak. Like it hit its peak for Adam that it really, and then the booing just got more and more and more. And it got to the point where not long after mm. that, he called this, co- he says himself in the, in the doco, he calls his coach, obviously John Longmire, and he says, I can't do it. I can't come in today. I'm a, he's like, he's, he just, it broke him. It was like it broke him that he had to miss games and then, and then he had to quit. And then not long after that, he went, um, he said it was, like I mentioned mm. earlier, he was going away. Like you said, he was good. he had to travel out. He had to get away from it, and then he came. Then why he was not playing, and it, the fans, like the supportive, really fans, got behind. Really him. got behind him. He tried to counteract it. He like that moment. That that moment where they show in the documentary when it's Sydney playing against Adelaide, and they do the to, to mark the number thirty-seven on his back in the third seven minute seventh minute of the third third quarter. They give a standing ovation for Adam Goods. It was God, just, it, it's it makes you misty. It it, 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 it brings a, it brings it a does. tear to the it eye. Just, it really it does. Be, seeing that there's still behind all that hate, it's just still support that people mm. truly do care, and people and people still think that supporting Anna Goods is it's getting in the way. I like to ref, this is not mentioned documentary, but I like to refer something to happen this year actually. Um, you might recall. The, it was a Sydney Hawthorne game a couple of a while ago at the SCG, and the Hawks, the Hawks um, players, they wore. It was around the time the final quarter was released. They wore thirty-seven in the warm-up. Yeah, to support him. You, you remember that? I remember that. Yes. Yeah, and it's just, and just this cell was supporting Anna Good, and then, and then the Twitter morons just come out again and saying, "Oh, oh. keep this out, of, keep this to politics out of the game." And I've read another story as well that it actually there were so many angry calls and emails and stuff that the Hawthorne receptionist had to take the day off. Shit. And that there was a driven she had to stop. She had to driven her day because it was getting all these incoming calls that that's then just, just getting angry so angry about players the Hawthorne club showing their support for mm. an indigenous player. Yeah. And it's just that if that if still happening six years after the fact that people are still getting angry mm. about this, it's just It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it still shows there's still that Massive problem and there. All the people like you mentioned, all the people were saying, "Oh, toughen up, goods," or like, "Grows have Bro. some thicker skin." It's like if you ever question the toughness of Adam Goods, he played in a grand final with a ruptured PCL, and he helped get that team over the line. Like his last quarter in that 2012 grand final against well, Hawthorne, nothing short of amazing, absolutely amazing. So never question the toughness you of this man. It was. On a, it was appalling the way that he was treated. We've said that about fifty times now, but it just it, can, it, was, it, was. it cannot be understated. It was. It was. It's just, it, it, it will be an absolute 
and a, stain I've, on our history. It, it'd be a stain on our history. A on an already mark. an already dark history. It's made it even worse. And on the and and it's just a really really, it's just one of the probably the worst events to ever happen in the AFL. And and in the AFL, speaking of the AFL, they should have really should have done more. And and because they did nothing at the time to do this, that to fix this problem. And they released just as a form of a defense mechanism. They released, it's just it's just absolutely baffling. They released a one like a two paragraph statement six years after saying we should have done more. That's just mm. no. You, you, you don't. It's absolutely disgraceful that it took them six years to acknowledge that they did wrong. Where they should have been from the get go. Gill, Gill, and everyone else. Andrew Demetrio, who was Andrew running Demetrio at, the at the time, and I think Gillen, I think Gillen. I think Gillen from 2014 onwards, they should have said, we should have done, they should have done something to fix this because if it, if it, you surely you'd see that mm. there's a problem if a player has to miss games because of the crowd, they're booing him every single week. And it's just, if, and you, you should see that and think, mm. there's an issue. We should help him out. And we if, should fix this. if you do nothing, if you do nothing to act on it, and they mentioned this in both, I think particularly in the Australian dream, it's like, it's, it's absolutely disgusting that for there to be any sort of change, somebody has to suffer no, like Adam suffer did. Pain. And he suffered, and he suffered just way, way, way too much. And just the way the AFL handled it, and the way the media—not everybody in the media was was. No. And speaking of the like, media. In in most because he doesn't appear in the Australian Dream, but um, someone form. someone who's a bit of a contentious figure in football media is uh, Mark, Mark Robinson. Robinson from the Herald Sun, who is usually quite a yeah a it's, it's divisive very... figure. But in in um uh, the, the final quarter, it makes him look like the most sane person because what he was because he there was clips of him at the time discussing about the behaviour of the fans. Can't remember the exact quotes, but he he, he spoke. I can't believe I. I was, walking, I was watching it the night it was airing. I couldn't believe it. Is saying I couldn't say I actually have res- I actually gained a heap of respect for Robbo tonight. I, I just like he's he's spoken the most. Just for those clips, he's spoken the most sense out of every out of any of those media cronies. Those media cronies that sparked this issue into something that it shouldn't have been. Mm. It's just a It's really essential viewing this film. I mean, I. I, I absolutely love this game, AFL. I think yeah. I genuinely believe, I mean, it's a bias because I'm Australian, but I genuinely believe it is the best game in the world. But the part that I hate about this game, and I think it's a, it's a problem with most sports and the culture of sport. Like, the sport is an amazing thing. It can bring people together. But I've noticed mo- most particularly in Australian rules, and it's something that I hate, is just the just the discrimination of not only race, but also like the homophobia that you see in a lot, in just like a lot of sport and especially, and especially racism. Like I hate that part of sport and it's just incredibly toxic. And I just, and I just, yeah. And also, uh, also as well, just like uh, misogyny as well. Like the introduction of the AFLW in these last few years, like the whole Taylor Harris thing. It was like, yeah, exactly. And and I think it's, it's all the same. Just, it's just sparked by people being, and it's just just people being contentious because it's it's something that's different, like like especially with the Taylor Harris photo, especially when it came out at the time, and just all the comments there that everyone got behind her, like to offset that hate. Same with same what we're having with Goodsy with the with a certain number of fans. P- people don't like and just and people don't like 
when there's something different to the norm. It just mm. feels like it's wrong. It shouldn't be there. And then and I just feel that that's just that's just not the right thing to do. It's just not the right thing to think. That that it's wrong to have those there. If we want to, we want to be progressing with uh, progressing with our game. Progressing with our game, making, moving forward with. We want this elements. game to be an inclusive. Yes. It's an amazing game. Everybody, like if you go to the football today, like you'll see people, of like you'll see people coming together of from different from all different backgrounds, all at the same ground, supporting different teams, and like even going together, like players, people of different backgrounds and like different ethnicities, backgrounds, you know, sexual identities, whatever. Or like they could be coming together to go watch their team or go play for their team. And or they could be playing against each other, but it's that love of sport that's there, and it's inclusive. Yeah. And I like that. I love that part of sport, but it's just in that ingra- It's sadly too much ingrained within the culture of AFL and like shows like the the Footy Show and all that that they really perpetuated this. And it's just oh, yeah, it's just, just it's just um, I'm just and just just Sam Newman just in love, I think I'm an Anthony Glad now that he no longer has a platform to spout this rubbish, but um. Especially with the other media fi- and the other media figures, how will they not? How did how how were they not driven off? Because they have power. Everyone that was involved that had some involvement with this has not gone away because they have power, and that there's power that can't get rid of them, and it never will. It, we we just they just won't go away until they decide to go away. Mm. It's just, but it, it it is it is essential viewing, regardless if you're a football fan or not. It, it is a must watch. And, and sadly, this, this will be eye-opening for many people, yeah, many especially people. for overseas audiences. I think, yeah. like, and and especially now with the, I'm not quite sure about. Um, I believe the uh, the final quarter does have an international distributor, but um, uh, for the the Australian Dream, uh, NBA Australian-born NBA star Ben Simmons has signed on as an executive producer of this film and to try and sell wants, it overseas. He wants this story sold overseas. He wants this story told overseas because it's and one it, that it definitely needs, needs, it needs to be told to be because it can relate to many other many other current. It, and the, also the other really unfortunate thing is the people that need need to watch both of these won't 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 because they're afraid of being they're afraid of all those all those occurrences all those points every argument now that every argument now that the same five arguments that have been spouted for years that thinks that it's not racist. They've been debunked by these both of these documentaries. They have those 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 they're myths. They're not true. So it, it, it's it's just the people that need to watch it won't. But it's just a sense of viewing overall. Even if you're not a football fan, you need to watch this. Absolutely do. And if you want to try and watch this, I believe both the final quarter, the final quarter, I believe might still be streaming on Ten Play, so you can watch that for free. Think with the overseas for our overseas people. Um, I've read somewhere they were probably up. I think they were uploading it somewhere. I think it was Facebook, but I'm not sure if that's still the case. Oh, okay. But I know I, I remember reading somewhere, but I'm not. I can't confirm for sure. But but yeah, it's a you, you got to watch. It. You have to watch this. It's you have to watch this. Australian viewers, the final quarter will also be getting a DVD release from uh, Gen, uh, August 28th, and also the Australian Dream will be in cinemas across the country from August 22nd. It's a fan. Absolutely, go check go, out both of it. these have documentaries. And, yeah. and thank you, Matt, for coming on. To no do problems, that. man. Anytime. And if people want to find you on Letterboxd and Twitter and all that to see yeah. your other, if, if something for your more thoughts on movies that aren't related to football or just to any anything else, where can people find um, you? On Twitter, you can find me at Exambalor. Um, 
exam B O L O R and on same with um same on letterbox with with um example as well. Perfect. Thank you very much for joining me, Matt. No problems thrown any time.